because I always ask them, well, what would you do in my shoes if you couldn't get a hold of me? Okay, what's the call you're gonna make? Welcome everybody, we are here for another episode of the Builder's Ladder podcast with Mr. Marty Amos and Sean. Sean, what is up? You're our guest today. I won't take your thunder. Can you please introduce yourself, let the know, let the listeners know who you are, where you're from and what kind of work your business does? Yeah, g'day. Uh, I'm Sean Spillane from SAS Builders. Uh, we're a renovation and high-end uh, new build company. Um, we currently have uh, there's nine of us within the company, and uh, yeah, we're just we're just smashing it to be the, the the next best thing. Yeah, and you're doing a pretty good job of it so far. So walk us through. Uh, you specialize in renovations. There's nine on the team. Uh, how, what's your revenue? What's an average contract size? Uh, currently, we're we're doing around for the revenue per month around the 150 to 180. Um, thousand. Uh, our current contract size, where we're trying to, at the moment, we're pushing into the five hundred thousand plus mark. Mm-hmm. But at the moment, we're probably sitting around the the two hundred thousand uh, contract oh. size. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And do you have you know want to set the scene? So, what's your kind of like minimum margins that you normally target? What's the kind of uh, you know? pricing structure that you uh, aim for are you doing fixed price or charge up because you're doing you know renovation work and what's the minimum margin that you target yeah that's a very hard question there oh and uh, the minimum margin it, it really differs from every company so we've kind of learned the hard way of where our margin should be by going starting from 10 percent to 15 percent to 20 percent to 25 percent and then so on, and then working out what job uh, is best for what margin. So essentially, we what we do is we'll take our pretty much our profit and loss, look at our overhead costs. We pretty much reverse data it. So we look at our overhead costs for that whole year, and then we're like, okay, we need to scale this company, so we need to include an extra overhead costs to allow for the scale. So from the from the the back like kind of I wouldn't say uh, the the back costing side of things, we always look at the, the the overheads first for the year, do whatever we need to work out what profit we want to make from that year, and then we'll go through and be like, okay, let's say let's say if it's just a, a small renovation of X a hundred thousand, okay, how many of those hundred thousand dollar jobs can we complete? within that month or within that year. And then so if we can complete 15 within that year, and then we're trying to target, we're trying to target uh, 1.5 million to 2 million, um, then we need to try and capture that many per month. And then we're going to have that margin per per job on it to be able to hit that revenue target with that net profit at the end of it. Yeah, you made so my knees weak because you know yeah. your numbers. Yeah, it's a, it's a very complicated very complicated uh, thing, but yeah, the the best thing that we found is the yeah, reverse engineering. A hundred percent, and that's what we always recommend everyone starts with is, what are your total overheads? What's your desired profit? So if your desired profit is 500K, total overheads, including your salary, uh, 300K. 
We add those yes. two together, we've got 800K. Now, if you only have a target margin of 10%, you're gonna have to do $8 million in worth of work. If you got 20%, then we're only gonna do 4 million. And if you're at 25%, you only got to do 3.2 million. So knowing that stuff, reverse engineering it is exactly the right thing to do because you've got clarity and confidence on how many leads you need, what your conversion rate is, and then how many projects at 100, 200, 500K you need to do, and then your profit is uh, factored in. Yes, no, that, that's exactly true, Marty. And then, then we uh, kind of took it one step further with the company structure as well on working out what the company structure is going to be at X amount. So if we're doing, let's say we, we're doing $750,000 worth of revenue and then what we're doing at 1.5, okay, so what's the company structure? Okay, let's go to $5 million. Okay, we're doing $5 million worth of revenue. What's the company structure going to be? And then that way I can work We to work out the, the overheads of that company structure as well. So good. Exactly. Yeah. And you can reverse engineer that based on, hey, if we want to be doing $5 million worth of revenue and we need 10 500K jobs and we have a conversion rate of one out of three, then we need to price 30 jobs during the year that are at that 500K. And we can reverse engineer, well, cool, we might need a full-time QS if we're going to be yes. pricing three jobs a month. You might be able to still do the sales, um, and but if we're project managing two or three big jobs at one time, three big jobs at one time, we might need a full-time project manager. So you can look at your org chart and know exactly who do you need in your team at two, five, ten million dollars. Perfect. Yes, no, that that's correct. So Sean, you got nine guys. You've done a very good job during the program of like working on and above the business and not or at least from my perspective, looking on the outside, looking in, not getting too bogged down in the details and in the minutia. So what's the structure of your nine guys, contractors, employees, who are your foreman, who are your project managers, site managers, how do you structure it and how do you choose to sort of like, what do you get involved with and what do you stay out of? Yeah, current, currently um, we have an amazing uh, group of guys and, and ladies in the office as well. So currently our structure is we've got... Uh, two two foremen, mm-hmm. one project manager, one office manager, one uh, marketing manager, and the remaining are uh, just apprentices. And if our project manager, he is a qualified builder, if he needs to jump on the tools to give a push here and there, then he can jump on the tools and, and give a push. So, yeah, that's our current company structure at the moment. And that's just purely worked out because, okay, was the growth, our, la- our last hire was a marketing manager because with the growth of the company, okay, we need to keep all these uh, people busy. So what do we need to do around that? Okay, we need to get we, we need to get SAS out there. So what who do we need to hire? And then that was our next, that pretty mm-hmm. much explained our next hire. Yeah, nice. And um, what's your role then? Like, what are you looking like doing week to week, month to month? Yeah, I'm mainly focusing on just the work coming in like as in just converting the leads mm-hmm. the sales side of things our project manager we are um stepping him up into doing some of that work as well he has been coming along with the the meetings with me and he's yeah he's going to be stepping up into the kind of the the qs and handling some leads as well it's just a bit of recession planning for if i was to disappear tomorrow how is this company going to survive mm-hmm. yeah 
and it's a common question that uh, a lot of our members ask when they when they join. So, what's the kind of like core growth been like over the last sort of 12 to 18, 24 months? And what do you think are some of the most important systems that you've put in place that have helped you? Yeah, so our, our goal from a company perspective is to three x uh, three times every year. And that's purely because the systems that we've kind of used. So we're, uh, and that's everything from the building systems to on-site systems to, um, yeah, working on the business. One thing, one system I will touch on is um, I try and allow uh, one day every week that is just purely working on the business. There's no meetings, no, no nothing. And it's just working on the business, working on the systems. If I can't come up with a new system, then within generally within those eight hours, I'll work out something by tweaking a little system and be like, oh, that's a way better way of doing it. Or, um, yeah, even even our guys, um, just, yeah, they've, they're coming up with more systems as well on site and in the office. And then um, I'm just uh, the one that kind of actions those and, and implements them. And I pretty much pass them off over to our office manager or our marketing manager to to pretty much finalize. Awesome. And where do you go when you're doing that? Do you just do it at home? Do you go to a cafe? Do you lock yourself away somewhere? Yeah, just at home because it's a, a good focus time for me. And that's like uh, another thing is that we I start work at about 5 a.m. in the morning and between 5 and 8 is I get most of my work done for the day because it's just purely focus time. I'm not getting distractions, not getting phone calls, not getting people ring me up about trying to market something to me. And yeah, so between five and eight, I get quite a lot done in the mornings. And how do you prioritize or how do you figure out what's going to have the biggest impact? Like what area you should be focused on for the next 30 days and the next 90 days, like, cause you could be working on sales. You could be working on marketing, could be working on project management systems for you guys hiring. How do you prioritize what you're working on? I guess, uh, I, I do it. I prioritize in a way that, okay, what's going to affect the business the most? Like, is it going to be the sales? Do we need more work coming in straight away or can we hold off and then work on our, our the, the company sort like the systems from uh, a customer perspective um so yeah it's it, yeah it kind of is what's going to affect the business the most at the time like if we needed if we needed if we were running out of work and we only had a few months left to work then yeah all focus will go straight into getting that next converted lead but if we're looking a year out in work then okay well let's let's review all the company um, system from a customer perspective and then get let's get the customer engagement better yeah, yeah. perfect because you can look okay. at your numbers see where the gaps are and you can also look at the overall builders roadmap and have a look at numbers and pricing team and system sales and marketing and leadership and see where are the gaps that i need to plug yes now nah, that, that's exactly true as well and like with the natural development of any any company um and the, the structure of it like from the, the roadmap side of things, you've always got to be stepping up yourself and stepping up your guys to to that next level because essentially a company won't grow if it's just you growing or a company won't grow if, it, if it's just your, your guys. So everyone needs to grow. Everyone needs to have that same vision in mind. Yeah, your business growth won't outgrow your personal growth or business knowledge. Mm. Yes, exactly. 
Yeah. So good, man. So uh, default diary, structuring one day a week to work on the business, starting closest to the cash, identifying what the big priority is. What are some of the use, most useful tools, templates, resources that you've managed to sort of put in place that have had the biggest impact for, for your growth? Has it been primarily around the sales and marketing, numbers and pricing, team and systems, or little bits of all of it? In, in all honesty, it's probably been team and systems. I'm a very systemized person. I love I love my systems. I love like our, our SOP, standing up and... Um, procedures i love that book it's it's awesome like yeah it's always exciting coming up with a new sap or something how it can be done because that's that essentially gives me peace of mind the business can run without me being in it because mm-hmm. everything can be referred back to and it's just getting everything out of my head and that's the same with our marketing manager our office managers because they know how to do most of that sort of stuff better than what i can do so it's getting it out of their head and getting it into paper so if they went down then someone can pick it up i'll be like oh here's the sop for it Mm. that's actually the second time that you said that now so and you know rings true to me because you know one of the core beliefs that we've got uh, is that you don't grow your business your team do right and you got to empower them uh, because they're a massive point of leverage uh, and opportunity so you've said that twice now your guys will be building systems or the office manager will be better at it than uh, sorry the market manager will be better at it than you how do you get them to document their systems? Like uh, you got one main document, like this SOP folder, or yeah. So we, yeah, we pretty much will have a SOP folder on online, but we then we have an SOP folders folders in in the office as well. So that's mm-hmm. broken down into our SOP folders is broken down into admin work, uh, like uh, project management work, quantity surveying work. Uh, marketing managers work like and it's all everyone has their own separate folder so they're not just opening a folder and looking through hundreds of sops they can just pick up the folder and be like okay let's say the let's do the um accounting work uh like so let's do all the, the invoicing and things like that so they can just look up that folder within within that booklet look up okay this is how we're going to do our invoicing um for this and then and then essentially it's it's clear as day and it has all the steps the do's and don'ts there for forever a working document as well that's one thing that i'm always big on is an sop has never stopped working because essentially it changes as everything changes having those systems and guardrails allows your team to run faster gives them guidelines and ensures that it's done the same way each and every time that you want it done and it lessens you needing to micromanage and have your finger on the pulse yes exactly no 100 percent. i 100 percent believe in that and yeah that's yeah that's why i love i love my systems so good nice man hey one thing that i wanted to uh unpack and understand better was kind of the multiple businesses side of stuff that you've got so like you're an entrepreneur because you aren't in the day-to-day. You're not a busy builder. You're not fixing shit with your own two hands and mm. fingertips and with everything up in your head. You've been a business owner. So you've solved problems with people and process. We've discussed that. But you're moving into being an entrepreneur and running multiple businesses. So tell us more about the opportunities that you got, what you're looking at. Because like we had to reschedule today because you're off fishing catching a 150-kilogram tuna. Uh which I thought was a typo, but turned out to be real. You got the photo, right? Can you hold the photo yes. up the screen? I don't think people will believe us. Otherwise. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. No, nah, that's uh, it's pretty impressive. 
I'll bring it up. And in Japan, apparently they paid big money for suckers this big. Now we're talking. Look at that. Yes, no, nah, there was uh, last oh, week there was a small weather window, and uh, yeah, we couldn't couldn't resist that, uh, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah we uh, we shot off and uh, yeah, did some fishing. Fair play yes. to you, man. Nice. So you're obviously networking with uh, people. You're building time into your structure to yes. do that. You're trying to become an entrepreneur, and that you're going to be running multiple business. What does that look like, and what kind of uh, companies are you looking at? Well, essentially, we've got a business. So we we have three companies at the moment, and we've got a business plan for each of them. Mm-hmm. And our core company, I, I try not to work on the other companies um, a lot because our core company, which is the building company, is complementing each one of those companies that we've set up. So, yeah, from the development side of things. So and. But the main key thing for us was to have a business plan of when we can execute the next level in each one of those companies. At what stage can we go to the next level? Can we can we go full blown whistle straight away? But then no, I didn't want to distract off the main company. I can't can't we don't want to be taking the focus away, especially from one that's customer engagement sort of thing, sort of one. So yeah, it's just my main thing was to have a business plan of when we could execute at what stage within all three companies um the the growth factor so mm, nice so what, what is the what does the roadmap look like for the other companies do you mind you know yeah so, yep uh essentially the the roadmap for uh the development company is to get the sas builders crews or a couple of crews under it working on that that full time and then we have a we have another the hire company as well so that and within that hire company, we're pretty much as soon as we get SAS to a certain point, then we can start ramping up that hire company a lot more than what it is at the moment. Because at the moment, it's just sitting there, it's just ticking away, doing what it needs to do. But until we we get uh, SAS to that point, is that's when we'll grow that company. But that's all part of the the business plans around it. So good, man! Awesome. So what? Um... What, what do you think have been some of your changes that you've gone through as a leader over the last 12 to 18 months? Like, what oh. do you think, who do you think you needed to become or what kind of things do you need to stop doing as well so that you could make time for being becoming who you are? Yeah, honestly, that, that's a massive pl- uh, part in everything. Like, a lot of around the, the stop doing list is stop doing everything. <laughs> essentially yeah that that's yeah that's obviously a, a huge part but then there's being able to have those systems set up so you can stop doing everything get the stuff out of your head get it down on paper and pass it to someone and be like here yeah, this is how we're going to do it you can tweak it to however you want you can improve it but this is our base structure that we're going to follow for doing this task and then yeah and, and go go from there and a big part of it has been able to set my time apart as in like having one day a week to work on the company, whether it's on the main, uh, on SAS or whether it's on the other two is yeah, that one day a week is allowing us to be able to grow, be able to have the business plans, be able to get pretty much take it where we are. And also, uh, another big thing was is stepping off the tools. I stepped off the tools a couple of years ago and man, that's just, it was, it, didn't it's obviously took a hit in the revenue straight away but it it all works out you got to look at the the um short-term losses for the long-term gains Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, massively. So who do you think, uh, you know, like what were some of the main milestones or big challenges that you ran up against while you're doing that? Like stepping off the tools is, is a huge one because you kind of go from, I'm making money hourly. It's all good to, mm. I'm not really making any money. I'm making ideally lots of money on fixing my margin or recurring problems, filling the pipeline with good projects and good people. But you know, how did you tackle that milestone? And then what are other ones that you've recognized in the last two years? I guess it's, uh, once you, once coming off, how the hell do I tackle the, the getting off the tools? I just, I just said out at the. I just said to the guys, "Hey, look, I need to go find work." We had, we only had a couple guys at that stage, and I was like, "We need to go find work." So they've got to step up, and they, oh man, they loved it. And from there, it pretty much just developed. I didn't actually go back on the tools once I said to them, "I was like, oh, by the way, I'm a buy. I've got your van. You guys are now our builders." <laughs> and then I never went back on, and I started developing the company. The next milestone was me for me was getting an office manager. So I, essentially the office manager can run everything in the background so I can do what I need to do, which was obviously implement all the, all the growth strategies within the company and yeah, obviously, and the, the SOPs getting them all sorted as well. But that was the next um, thing, uh, next person. But then we're like, okay, we've, we've got an office manager now okay, we need to be able to afford this overhead. So then what do we do? Do we, okay, we need to hire some more guys on the ground to be able to afford these overheads. And it just keeps evolving like that. Now that you've got a marketing manager, you've got to get someone. Now you've got a project manager, you've got to be able to cover those overheads each time you do it. And a huge thing for me when, when I come off the tools was a big mindset change. The mindset change was massive. Reading, reading the right books, being... Uh, around the right people and it, and it it's yeah it's it's a it's a huge thing to be able to to be able to switch your mind just from going night or oh, seven thirty to five on site building every day to then coming into the office and pretty much controlling your own time. Mm, huge. What have been some of the key books that have helped or key trainings resources that have helped level up your mindset? Uh, yeah, the first book that I ever read around the mindset thing was the Robert Kiyosaki one, and that was uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad. And then I read the the three, four, I think it's three after that as well in that series. And then the another good thing is um, Atomic Habits, and then Who Not How. Yeah, so good, right? Who Not How is a game changer. That's by Dan Sullivan. He's coached about ten thousand entrepreneurs. He's also got a, a recent book that he just launched a couple of months ago called 10X is Easier Than 2X. And it talks yes. about exactly what you've just been discussing, replacing yourself, focusing on the 80-20 that's going to shift the needle, delegating the 80% that you procrastinate on, you don't like, your team can do, so you can level up and be an entrepreneur and work on the business rather than in it. Yeah, that that's yeah, uh, that's a hundred percent true. And yeah, that's that's actually. And another thing was, is that I found very important is actually scheduling time to actually read those books and focus. And because otherwise, for me, it will never have happened because I've always got something to do. So, actually, chuck that down in a schedule. Everyone knows on your schedule. Okay, this is my reading time. This is my health and fitness time. And then yeah, and uh, and improves it dramatically. What does your week look like? 
are you happy to share your schedule with us? Yeah, so essentially, well, man, Mondays is uh, catch-up from the weekend days, and then uh, Tuesdays is if I need to be on meetings, can do meetings. If not, then I can uh, just be in the office, And because Tuesdays for our office manager, it was always accounts and making sure our debt is in, all the invoicing is out and things like that. I don't necessarily need to be there, but, yeah, I can be if I want. Wednesday is predominantly meetings days, and so that's when I'll book book my meetings and same with Thursdays so Thursdays Wednesdays and Thursdays is nine times out of ten is when when I have my meetings and then Fridays uh I keep clear because yeah I don't if I have to have a meeting on that day I will but I try and keep that clear because Friday's always a wind down day just to to to, to catch up work on the business etc etc yeah. yeah so do you, you've got sorry you go Marty. No, you've got, I, I was just gonna ask do you schedule in time for Fitness, work, when do you work on the business? Is that a specific time? How do you allocate those things in family time, etc.? Yeah, so from about 5 a.m. to 8 a.m. is all my emails. I'll get my email, uh, my inbox cleared if my admin lady hasn't, hasn't done that already. Reply to the ones that I need to reply to. If not, pass them over if she hasn't put them in her one already. And then from about 8 till 9 is uh, I'll go to the gym. Or I'll take out my, my couple of dogs, take them out for a walk within that. So I do Monday, Wednesday, Friday is gym. Tuesday, Thursday is take the dogs for a walk. And then that way it, it sets me up for for the day. And then from there, uh, from working on the business side of things, is every Friday till I think, uh, 11 a.m. is, yeah, I'll work on, work on the business if I had to have a meeting that day. Nine times out of ten, I don't have to have meetings on Friday, so... It, generally just pump out the business the, the whole day and our office manager works with me on that day as well so it's not just me working on it we kind of chuck ideas at each other and in that way she can implement them as well because yeah, they're, they're good at doing the, the computer work I'm, I'm not so much yeah right um <laughs> you need that office manager eh, to uh be supportive uh and 100%. to be almost like your turn you on to a superpower, you know, 10 take rid of 80% of, you know, the 20, 80% that slows you down. So you can focus on your 20%. Yes. Um, you said something really interesting just before that your office manager takes care of your emails in the morning. So is that a buy back your time principle? Uh, yeah. Or- yep. No, nah, essentially. So yeah, we're actually just in, implementing that as much as possible at the moment. Um, I'd like to get it done a, a bit more. Um, but yeah, where she's managing managing my inbox and managing my calendar as well. Um, uh, all our guys have access to our calendar. If I need to be there, I need to be there. They can book something in. But if I don't, then they, they leave me out of it. So, but yeah, the inbox. Once they start managing the inbox, clearing the stuff out that they can handle, it's yeah, it's it's a game changer. Hundred percent. And you know, that's a big thing that we love to chat. Uh, you know, love to push as well is that good businesses have uh, good leaders and good leaders are good problem solvers and problem solving is a skill that can be taught, developed, improved and coached. And it's your job as business owner to really actually build out good problem solvers so that you're in a position to have good leaders <laughs> and yes. they're not going to be good problem solvers if they're not being exposed to all these problems. So you've got to have them take your inbox, you know, and that's that PSR principle, the one, three, one, you know, come to me with one problem, 
three potential uh, solutions. So I know you've thought about it and it's my job to just help you make that one recommendation on what you yeah. should actually do. One, yeah. three, one or PSR problem solution recommendation. Yeah, we, we implement that, the, the PSR method throughout our company. All our guys know it. It's all in their handbooks. Everyone knows that I don't, like, they all come to me. They they have their problem. They have their um, solutions, and then they'll make the recommendations to me. I won't tell them. They'll be like, I won't tell them because I'll always ask them, well, what would you do in my shoes? If you couldn't get a hold of me, okay, what's the call you're going to make? And then they did nine times out of 10, they make that call and be like, well, that's, that's what I would have said. So, um, yeah. And then that, that also trains them to, to think as well. And then I was like, oh, Sean told me not to call him, um, essentially, cause he'll just pretty much do what I say. So yeah. And then that way I try and I minimize my phone calls that I'm having as well. Mm-hmm. But obviously if there's something that they need to touch base on, then they can obviously ring, but yeah, it's just a smaller stuff. I don't. Yeah, they they work at their PSR method. Excellent. So how do you, uh, so accountability of, you're a fast growing company, which basically means that there's real focus around accountability of people and accountability of core numbers. Have we got enough in the pipeline to maintain this growth or maintain this overhead? Do we have enough cash flow? Is it the right margin? Do our people know what they need to do, how to do it, when it will be done by? So how have you kind of overseen your accountability of your people and your numbers and your process as you've grown so quickly? Like, is there a scorecard you look at? Is there a numbers report you do? Is there a coaching method that you use with your team other than PSR? Uh, yeah, in all, in all honesty, yes, there is. Uh, so our foremans have access. So we set out the amount of hours a job should take. Our foremans have the access to those hours, so they personally can track it. It is a target for them. So they can track it and be like, okay, we've been X amount of hours. We need to get this job done. So they kind of hold themselves accountable. If we do go over hours, then, okay, let's look at what do we need to do so we don't go over hours. Is it something that we need to allow more hours or is it something that we can make a bit quicker but get the same result? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then or as well there's also and we have incentives around if they do come under hours there's incentives in place for them for the guys as well so and from the accountability side of things who keeps me accountable is that my office manager because <laughs> essentially well i've got to be held accountable as well um and that's that's because just that's just purely because we everyone we're kind of a transparent company with like our guys with the hours and um that side of things and then also as well a big thing that was huge for our company and i highly recommend this to anyone is we actually did a workshop with our guys and taught them how a company runs so we taught them about that profit and loss where and then we did the uh a swot analysis on what can we do to make that profit and loss look better and that that and in, I didn't come up with that sort of stuff. They we it was come up with a team, and then that got them thinking. Okay, if I reduce my hours on a job, how's that going to impact that net profit? Because a lot of a lot of people didn't know how a company run, as in from the financial side, and mm-hmm. how much of a part they can be a big part they're playing within the within the numbers uh, of their company. So of our totally company. yeah. Because the business is just a vehicle for everyone to achieve their goals and ambitions. And that, that vehicle is optimized correctly 
timeline, budget, quality standard, then yes. it can serve the team, it can serve the owner, it can serve the clients well. But if it's not optimized correctly, and it's a bit of a shit show, it's not running profitable projects, then yeah. ain't no one getting their bonus, ain't no one getting paid what they're worth, owner included as well as team. So, yes. you know, it's really important to get everyone onto that same page plan. I, I love it. Um, yeah, no, that's that's exactly true. I always look at it, and this is why I'll, I'll tell everyone, I am not the company. The The company is everyone that's ever had a pay, uh, paid a part in the company. So whether it be our guys on the ground, whether it be a marketing agency, whether it be our coaches, essentially TBB, um, our coaches that we have, whether it be our clients, everyone is a part of it i'm just i'm just a guy that kind of put it all together and and everyone around it is yeah i yeah i'm huge on that and we reward our guys as well like just on friday we took them all out for a late lunch for our um took them all out to a restaurant and had a late lunch and things like that so i always make sure that uh, our team and everyone around us is rewarded for it yeah, the conductors always got their back to the audience. Hey, I want to go back like five minutes. And you said something around how you keep your team accountable and you provide them with a lot of feedback. So, you know, accountability as an equation is expectations plus measurement times by feedback, right? So expectations is making sure that they know what is expected of them on a project. Measurement is typically going to be, you know, timeline, budget quality standards and then feedback is your ability to tighten that feedback loop from end of every project mm -hmm. to end of every stage to end of every week to end of every day so what is the communication rhythm that you have or that your foreman and project managers have to make sure that you guys are on top of timeline budget quality standards are you connecting daily weekly management meeting construction management meeting what does it look like for you guys yeah uh, essentially what i'll do is just before even the job starts i'll go over the time allowed the materials allowed etc with with the, our foreman i'll get them introduced to the to the client prior and then from throughout the the job every week they'll touch base and send an overview of the week and how the week's tracked what's it's pretty much like a weekly site form that they just fill out and they can send it straight straight to us. Um, if not, then we touch on our, on our WhatsApp group that we have and I want uh, what's been achieved that week and is, was there any issues, was there any holdups, et cetera. And then from there, I will have a formal meeting uh, with, the, with the foreman as well from a formal meeting and then we'll track their, um, how they've been going on the job and then do the accountability. Okay, let's run through the numbers of the job. Okay, this is where we're at. We might be looking a little bit tight for labor. What can we do? Um, but yeah, that's kind of, that comes back down into the formal meeting. So they actually come into the office and, and sit down and we'll go over everything with them. Nice, cool. So just so that I'm, because I'm a bit slow. Uh, so what does that look like on a, on a weekly structure that looks like? Uh, so what an up, yeah, an update every week on how the job's going. So, mm -hmm. and then that way I know what is going. I'm getting daily updates regardless anyway mm -hmm. from yeah. either apprentice or foreman, depending on who's doing it. Mm -hmm. So I'll get daily updates and then I'll get an overall week one of how the week's gone, who's been booked in, um, what who's coming next on, thing, on, on site. And then, yeah, and then we'll do a formal meeting in the, in the office, not every week. That's generally every, every month or every, every couple of months to hold that's their accountability. Mm. 
Got it. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Awesome. And how do you set the expectation? Like, what what is the scorecard for the foreman or project managers look like? What are their main expectations? Uh, quality, speed, mm-hmm. making sure the job runs smooth. So their own speed, the the guys mm-hmm. on site speed, making sure mm-hmm. the job runs smoothly. And health and safety is a huge one, making sure everyone's signing in and out and uh, making sure that there's, the, the site's clean and tidy. And, and then the, the other one that, that we're um, quite big on is essentially how's the client feeling? Is the, is the client, because obviously renovating or, or building can be a daunting daunting task for, for them. So if they've had any uh, uh, interactions with the client, how is the client feeling? Are they feeling yeah. okay? Do they need more communication? And we're happy to adapt our systems around that. Okay, let's say if the client wanted more uh, more than a fortnightly or more than a weekly update, okay, we need to do that because at the end of the day, that, that client is our next lot of business. He's going to refer someone to our business saying, okay, these guys have done a really good job. So we need yeah. to make sure that they're 100% happy. We've covered it a lot around where you're at. Where are you going? So you said before goal is like 3x the business every year mm-hmm. and you got other businesses that you want to run uh, or scale out once the SAS gets to a certain level what does the next uh three four five years look like for for you Sean yeah uh so kind of business plan for VCS is uh to actually get a get SAS down into Queenstown and Taupo so just other parts of New Zealand and where as soon as we get a general manager up up in Auckland here on for SAS, then we can start scaling down at one of those areas and just, yeah, and then that will allow, as soon as we have a GM up here, it gives up so much more time, um, have the right SLT, so the senior leadership team in place, and then, yeah, and then we can, the other businesses are going to, yeah, just start scaling with side by side with SAS once it gets to that certain level. Awesome, man. That's mm. very inspiring. Yes. You've uh, always got to have, as the business owner, the vision that you set needs to be big enough to fit your team's visions within it. And I think that what you're setting is uh, very attractive to attract top-tier talent and mm. to attract like great people that don't just want to stand frames and rock up to work. They want to be part of something that is going in the right direction and something that's exciting and, and uh, you know, that they can brag to their mates about. Uh, and that's what you what you're doing. You're doing a great job. What would you say to somebody that was where you were 12 months ago? Somebody who's you know, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I just say just give it a go. Um, what's yeah? What's the worst that can happen? Just give it. It is it is hard work, but you got to look at it for yeah short term losses for long term gains. That's the way I, I look at it. It does. I'm going to be honest. It does test your family. It does test everyone around you. Test your friendships as well. But everyone's got to be within that vision of where you want to go. So every everyone knows within our company, even my partner, and pretty much everyone and like all our friends know of where we're going to take SAS and these these companies that we're at, and they've got to be a part of it. I don't want to just keep that to myself. It's they've got to be a part of it. They've got to know where it's going to go. They've got to buy in. And, but we've got to make it be an absolutely awesome time along the way. Yeah. Yeah. So 
other than going fishing and having uh, lunch and stuff, how do you make it an awesome time along the way? Yes. What have you found to work uh, for you? Yeah. So just for our for our guys, we'll, we'll um, have like a, a quarterly catch-up. So as in a quarterly catch-up, we'll be able to be at a restaurant or or take them out and do something or clay target shooting or something like that. So they're, they're all happy um, with that. And it's a good social thing for our, for our guys as well. Uh, just the other day for not talking about myself, but just the other day is we just dropped off a gift basket to one of the architects that we've been working with because just to say thanks, like he's been absolutely awesome. Um, the work that they've been doing for myself, and my partner, that is a huge thing. So we do, it's actually in my vision book. Uh, we do um, bi-monthly like date nights. And then I do once a month that I can go away and I'll take some time to myself. My partner can come off, obviously, of course, but that's scheduled in. And then every 90 days is, uh, every 90 days is a holiday with me and my partner. So, yeah. Love it. Yeah. If you don't have a strong uh, vision for what the future looks like, then you're going to struggle to aim accurately for what you need to build. So uh, I love yes. that. I got my vision book right here myself. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Sits on my yep. desk every day so I can uh, see what we're working towards. Yes. No, nah, for sure. And, and, and it trains your mind as well. If you have a visual, it will train mm -hmm. your, it, it trains your mind to try and come up with ways to try and get to that vision. Yeah. So good. Epic man, is there anything that we haven't uh, asked you or spoken about that you'd like to share with people? I think we've covered. I think yeah, I think we definitely covered a, a lot of it. Um, by all means, it's it's certainly not easy doing doing pretty much what everything is. There's a lot of hard work in it, but yeah, you've just got to look at where you're wanting to go, and you've got to come up to. One thing I would say is definitely come up to with your for yourself how many hours you want to put in, how much does that mean to you, and then that will be that driving factor of where you want to go and what, how much work you're going to do towards that, even in the low days. Yeah. So good, man. Inspiring stuff. You're an absolute gun, a weapon. Uh, you implement fast. You've got a very clear vision of where you're going. You are a very good leader. Uh, I've seen you at some of our workshops and, uh, you know, with your team over the last 18, 24 months or whatever it's been, uh, do an excellent job of getting people into the right seats, aligned. You got a lean, mean, aligned team that's going in the right direction, and I love it. So well done, man. Uh, good fucking work. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that, and yeah, it's yeah, it's all about them, uh, all about them as well. And see, yeah, I'm just a guy putting it together. So awesome, dude. Uh, well, thank you very much for your time. Appreciate you, and uh, I look forward to seeing the progress over the next uh, wee while. And uh, you know, seeing you down in Central Lakes or Queenstown and Topo mm -hmm. and Auckland or wherever else we you end up. Yeah, I, oh man, I'm a, I'm excited to see where we can take this as well. I'm super excited to to have this plan executed. So, and all of our guys are as well, which is which is absolutely awesome. I couldn't thank them enough.